there. We're going to have a little conversation now about jnana yoga, the yoga of knowledge. And usually we think about the three yogas, the karma yoga, the bhakti yoga, and the jnana yoga. In the beginning of this little course, I mentioned that this reminds me of the three-part brain. So that the brain stem would be the yoga of action, the uh, limbic brain would be the yoga of emotion, which is bhakti, and then the higher consciousness uh, of the human cort cerebral cortex is the, where the jnana yoga takes place. You are listening to Sadaka a collection of special podcast mini-trainings from Embodied Philosophy and the Embodied Podcasts Network. Each multi-part series of Sadaka explores a different area of Dharma and contemplative studies. Sadaka features episodes on topics from Buddhism to Hinduism, from yoga to the Divine Feminine. Taught by faculty and friends of Embodied Philosophy, each series is a short audio course on the topic it explores. To watch the video version of these episodes, become a digital member for access to EPTV, Embodied Philosophy's streaming video service. To start your 14-day free trial, head to embodiedphilosophy.com forward slash EPTV. Jnana Yoga, the yoga of knowledge, has to do with an active seeing of the unity behind diversity. Okay, so all these yogas have to do with something we're, we need to do. We need to do a gesture of awareness uh, in order to participate in this yoga. We do our gesture and then we usually get grace that helps us to uh, really fulfill the yoga. So the gesture of awareness of dhyana yoga is seeing past the appearance of du duality or difference the appearance of differentiation in the universe, and actively acknowledging the oneness behind it all. That's jnana yoga. And one of the main uh, features of jnana yoga, which is mostly and powerfully expounded in Vedanta, is the, uh, the idea of the Atman. So the Atman is the self. It is usually translated that way. And so jnana yoga is inferred to be self-knowledge, but it's not the knowledge of our small self, which is an important part of our life, but it is the knowledge of our true identity as emanations of the supreme principle. And what else could we be, but we don't see it. We're very uh, hypnotized into identifying with the uh, impermanent body and the story that goes with it. So. Dhyana yoga is a approach to self-inquiry where we're looking to find, go beyond the egoic identification with what is impermanent to find out is there something permanent within which is called the Atman, the self. Now we have enough uh, great beings who tell us that it is so that there is the supreme consciousness of the universe, the absolute within you. And this is not a whole new idea that's just pertaining to yoga. We have a whole history in the West uh, of this uh, self-inquiry. And for example, we have Pythagoras who said, man know thyself, then thou shalt know the universe and God. And we have uh, the Apollo's temple at Delphi. 
at the top of that temple, the inscription reads, Nothi Sotan, know thyself. This is the command of the of Apollo's temple at Delphi. Um, we also have the Luxor temple from 1400 BC uh, in Egypt. The body is the house of God. Man, know thyself, and you will know the gods. Um, we also have, on a more contemporary level, the same idea coming from Erwin Schrödinger, the quantum physicist, and you know he's quoted a lot by us yogis because he was an, uh, an adept and he was very interested in the Upanishads and in the Vedas and in the theories um, that are the, the standards of yoga. And what he said echoes what Patanjali said. Now Patanjali said there is one mind among the many, which is the director of all activities, in uh, chapter four, verse five. Schrodinger said, the total number of minds in the universe is one. In fact, consciousness is a singularity phasing within all beings. Look at that. So here we have these ideas that there's this supreme unity, this one thing which is underlying the appearance of difference. And a jnana yogi looks past the differences. Okay, it's not just uh, reading books or even just meditating. It's using the discernment, your viveka, and viveka is an important uh, concept in dhyana yoga. Viveka means discernment. Okay, and it's often analogized as a sword or as a razor's edge. And you're going to use your razor's edge, your sword, to slash through the appearance of difference or the appearance of hierarchy. And what this means, if you want to be a jnana yogi, when you look in the eyes of the next busboy in the next restaurant you're in, see the equality, see the divine. When you're in with your in-laws, look past the conditioning from all the experiences you've had and look at the divine emanation behind their eyes. You're doing jnana yoga. So this is the practical application of this yoga. Um, we have a great poem from uh, uh, our wonderful uh, poet, Ralph Waldo Emerson, okay? And he, you know, they were called Boston Brahmin. They were um, uh, aficionados of the philosophies of the Vedas, um, the transcendentalists, as you may know. So here's what he wrote. His poem is called Nothi Sotan, and that is Know Thyself. Okay, this is a fragment from it. If thou canst bear strong meat of simple truth, if thou durst my words compare with what thou thinkest in thy soul's free youth, then take this fact unto thy soul. God dwells in thee. It is no metaphor nor parable. It is unknown to thousands and to thee. Yet there is God. He is in thy world, but thy world knows him not. He is the mighty heart from which life's varied pulses part. Clouded and shrouded, there doth sit the infinite, embosomed in a man. And thou art stranger to thy guest, and knowst not what thou doth invest. Then bear thyself, O man, up to the scale and compass of thy guest. Soul of thy soul, be great, as doth be seen the ambassador who bears the royal presence where he goes. So that we see that Emerson was practicing dhyana yoga 
the awareness of the divine within, this supreme self. When we don't know that supreme identity, we're said to have the condition of vidya. Vidya is ignorance. And ignorance, as Patanjali puts it, is anitya suchi dukkha anatmasu nitya suchi sukha atma kyatira vidya. And that means that ignorance, because he's so nice, he always defines his terms. Ignorance is the notion that takes the self, which is joyful, pure, and eternal, to be the non-self, painful, unclean, and temporary. So until we're really convicted of our identity with the eternal, the pure, and the joyful or ecstatic, then we're uh, in a state of ignorance, avidya. And the practices of self-inquiry, which is dhyana yoga, are for um, disabusing ourselves of that ignorance. You know, it's almost uh, going to be Passover. And um, that whole amazing story starts with Moses, who was wandering around in the hills uh, as a shepherd. And the way he got to be a shepherd was because he killed somebody back in Egypt and he had to run. And what's really interesting, because the land where Moses is being a shepherd is called Midian. And that reminds us of our middle channel, our central channel, the, uh, the core. And at the top of a hill, he finds the burning bush. And the burning bush is uh, a fire that does not consume itself. And he kneels, he falls on his knees in front of his bush because it starts talking to him. And the bush says, I want you to free my people. And so go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And the first thing that Moses says is the thing that we ask in dhyana yoga practice, who am I? That's what Moses said, who am I? Moses was coming from the ignorant point of view that he was just a man and just a simple person who's now a shepherd on the run from Egypt. Who am I to tell Moses what to do? Then you can see that the avidya that Moses was in, uh, that state, made him feel diminished and uh, inadequate to the task that he was asked to do in this life. So one of the reasons we practice dhyana yoga is so that we're up to the task, up to the gift of life, and up to our, uh, our duty to offer our gifts to the world, okay? Because the more we are ignorant and feel insecure and diminished and small and not good enough, the less we're able to do the work we came to do. You can see how dhyana, karma, and bhakti yoga are interrelated, and they're really inseparable. So the burning bush has a big argument. With, well, it's Moses who argues with the bush. And finally, uh, Moses says, okay, I, I'll do it, but who shall I say sent me? When I go back to the Hebrew slaves, I'm going to have to tell who sent me. And the Burning Bush says, Aya asher Aya, I am that I am. That's the utterance of the knowledge of the self. We even have that in our tradition, um, in Tantra and in the yogic tradition. Aham Brahmasmi, I am Brahman. Hamsa, I am that I am. 
So Moses was uh, given that mantra to go forth and to do the work that he was meant to do, which was liberating. When we are in that state of uh, ignorance, there's something that in the Katoapanishad, uh, Lord Yama says to the young Nachiketas, and it's interesting, ignorant of their own ignorance, yet wise in their own esteem, deluded men, proud of their vain learning, go round and round like the blind led by the blind. Far beyond their eyes, hypnotized by the world of sense, opens the way to immortality. I am my body. When my body dies, I die. Living in this superstition, they fall life after life under my sway. That's the Katoa Upanishad. So he is saying that the knowledge of the self, when you know that's who you are, that you really convicted that you are eternal, that you are blissful, that you are pure, that you are that, tatwam asi, thou art that. When you have that conviction, you have obtained immortality. You've crossed over. Okay? So this is one of the other real reasons why we want to uh, experience the profound knowledge of jnana yoga. So with all of the yogas, obviously, there are uh, wonderful uh, breath techniques that we can use to, uh, to practice the yoga. Okay? You can always be using your breath to practice karma yoga, bhakti yoga, or dhyana yoga. Okay? So we're going to take a, a nice posture here, bring the chin toward the throat, and we're going to use the mantra hamsa, which means I am that I am. Okay, we're going to repeat that to our deepest core. And we're going to use the breath as a delivery system to take the message to every cell in our body, aham brahmasmi, aham brahmasmi, aham brahmasmi, I am that I am. Okay, aham brahmasmi is I am Brahma. You can do that, or you could do ham on the in-breath and sa on the out-breath. That's what I'm going to do now. So breathe in ham. Exhale sa. Tell this, the territory of your body. Tell your kingdom the good news. Oh, I am that I am. Hamsa. Hamsa means I am that. Tell the soles of your feet, I am that, with your breath. Deliver that message. Tell every limb, Hamsa. And finally, tell the very crown of your head, Hamsa. Hum on the in-breath, sa on the out-breath. I am that. And when ready, we'll take our palms together and let the fingers touch the third eye.
and that's that.